Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast, the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm Roshan, but you can call me Shan. I'm Libs. This week, we're discussing finances with Bola Soul. So as we all know by now, um, one of the most challenging aspects of this whole pandemic and this whole situation with COVID-19 has been the economic impact. A lot of people are struggling with their finances, struggling with work career prospects, whatever it might be. Um, and today we just want to try and have an honest conversation about finance and money in particular. Um, try and teach you guys some things. We're going to learn some things as well. Um, so that, yeah, you can try and tackle the next few months or years, whatever it might be, with a bit more clarity and hopefully a bit more comfort as well. So our guest, Bolasol, is a financial wellness coach She's um, created content for the BBC, the Financial Times, the Guardian, the list goes on and on. So Bola, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. May I start by saying that I wouldn't be in some of the positions I'm in if it wasn't for black women, such as, and black organisations. Um, black hey. Ballad, the only reason I was at the Financial Times was because of Black Ballad, so I have to start by shouting them out. We love that. So, um you know, what, how would you describe for someone who's not, you know, particularly um, in tune with what a finance wellness coach does, what's the best way to describe your role? Yeah, so I'd say me being a financial wellness coach is ensuring that you have a healthier relationship with your money and also with yourself. Yourself has to come first and then obviously like your mental, your spiritual, your physical and then we look at financial. Um, obviously, I, I'm not. I'm not an all-in-one. Like, I'm not this guru who can do everything. But the point is, um, I want people to feel well and healthy about their money. So I coach them through that journey. And this is something we ask all our guests. But what makes you a dope black woman? Ooh, what makes me? <laughs> oh, what makes me a dope black woman is that I'm flawed, but I'm excellent. At hello, the same time. hello, Ooh, accountability. Yes. Mostly fantasy, mostly fantasy. Yes, that's what we love to see and hear. <laughs> so um, I, from, this, from the get-go, one of the things you said that I think really I found interesting is this idea of just like the financial, you know, it, that it can be a thing to do with your well-being. Because I think oftentimes we don't think of it like that. We think of finance as something that's very practical, very rigid, very black and white. But the fact that it can affect your emotional well-being, your physical well-being... 
I, you know, I guess I've never really thought of it like that either. So, you know, how did you come to phrase it in that kind of way? What was the, your kind of journey to, to come up with this title, Financial Wellbeing Coach? Well, I started by calling myself a personal finance guru. And I think that the emphasis on guru meant I could never get it wrong. And the thing about being a coach, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, and I was like, oh, this is too, like, as Skepta says, like, I always say, you're not going to get me out of here with your isms and schisms, right? Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so obviously, I studied maths and finance at university, and I've gone on to work in financial services. Um, I stay quite quiet about what I do because there's, I do believe in evil eye. Um, but what I found is that I've taken my knowledge and given information where possible, but I want people to have a healthy relationship with their money. And the reason I changed it to financial wellness is because I've realised I want to help people. I don't want to enable them. I can be very harsh with my clients. And sometimes I think it mirrors maybe some people who may have seen a strict upbringing growing up, right? And as a result of that, they think, oh my gosh, if I don't do my budget, like Paula's gonna, Paula's gonna get onto me. And I'm like, you have to realise that even when I leave you, you need to continue to have a good relationship with your money. So I do try to use this tone more often, as opposed to the tone I grew up with, which is, if you don't get good grades in your money, I'm gonna... <laughs> so, um, yeah, I changed it to financial wellness coach because I didn't want it to be so hard and heavy. I wanted it to be um, a relationship that people want to last because, you know, you just have, you know, you have that friend, you have your differences, but you admire and respect that they stand in their truth. Like, you, and you think, do you know what, no matter what happens in this life, I want to say I have a friend like that. I want people to approach their finances in that way, like that friend that you don't want to give mm. up, not that one that you gave up because you just think this is too hard, but the one that you, you go through the peaks and troughs with, but you say, like, that's my ride or die. Mm, I love that yeah that actually explains perfectly because in my uh, what I was going to ask was what does a positive relationship with your finances actually look like and that's kind of like the perfect metaphor it explains it perfectly thank you so what do you guys um all of you this is a question to everyone just like what's been the impacts of on coronavirus or not just your own finances but your friends and family as well um, well, I think for me, I'd probably say it's given me the opportunity to save more because travelling from where I live to work is a mad thing. So, like, <laughs> once I clocked the week off and I saw my account still looking nice, I said, OK, so all that money I'm kind of just saving. So I think for me, in terms of financially, I'm just being even more stricter than I usually would with my finances because I already have, like, a um, financial budget planner that I use. Well, it's a yearly one, but I look at it, like every two months and then I plan it for like six months at a time but like now I'm even even stricter because I don't have the luxury of like going to Starbucks on the way to work or things like that so for me it's all about saving really right now oh my days coffee man coffee is my biggest like <laughs> guilty pleasure and the thing is you're fully going there and be like oh it's only 3 99 do you know what I mean? As if it's not Starbucks is the cheekiest one ever, yeah? Because I'll get like the, um, I don't even know what it's called, but it's the non-coffee one, like the Frappa Chippa, yeah, that, yeah? Frappa, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get <laughs> that and then I'll see the sexiest carrot cake and be like, hmm, well, I have been working very hard this week. It is only Tuesday. And then I'll get that as well. And by the time I finish, it's £11. And I'm like, this isn't Literally. even lunch. This is not even and lunch. When- 
It's not even lunch, it's breakfast. And when I get my coffee and then I'm like, oh, can I have cream on top? And they're like, it's extra 50p. And I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Friday, it doesn't Friday, feel like, like that much. Three pound? Four pound? Yeah, it's mad. Oh, cream! (laughs) (laughs) But um, on a serious note, though, I do know, like, a couple of my friends and family who have, like, lost their jobs or um, become furloughed. Am I even saying that right? Is it furloughed or furloughed? Furloughed. Furloughed. Furloughed? Furloughed, yeah. Furloughed, okay. (laughs) I'm saying it wrong this whole time. (laughs) But, um, and that is definitely can be a very scary place to be in, especially it's not something you ever expect to happen in your 20s. Like you don't expect to be in this position where you don't know, okay, what am I going to do next? You really, you don't know what your career prospects are. You don't know kind of, you don't know how you're going to get, pay the rent next month. Like some people are in that position. So, I definitely think it's put a lot into perspective for me about what am I actually spending my money on and being better at saving and just being more, having like not just a good relationship with my money, but a respectful relationship with my money. Like not just throwing it away for the sake of it when there are people out there I know and love that don't have a job. So that's definitely been a big learning curve for me. Um, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the career because I think for me, I was obviously in the middle of leaving one job and starting what ostensibly I thought of as like kickstarting my career, like this job that I'm about to take on is what, that's how I view it. And to know that I'm here and literally can't start because obviously my job is in a different country. um, It's definitely making me, again, try to save a lot more, but I'm still being super careless in terms of online purchases recently. (laughs) (laughs) Just because like, you know, I'm here and I'm building a routine and I've shipped all of my stuff away. But, you know, so when I go online to buy stuff that's practical, like, you know, you know, hair products, I'll be like, oh, let me just pick up this book or, oh, let me just get this face mask so I can take care of myself and love on myself on the weekend. And then it just, as you said, it just kind of adds up. And so I am notoriously um, not bad with money, but just... No, I am. I'm bad with money. I'm not even going to lie. And and quarantine hasn't changed that at all. (laughs) Well, the first step is honesty and acknowledgement. Yes, acknowledging my my horrible relationship. I do not have a good relationship with money as as Bola has said. It's going to get better. You have to say positive things about yourself. And that's, I've been in therapy for four years, um, trying to learn how to, like, more self-love and also learning how to have better relationships so you know the same way you speak about yourself it should be positive you should speak about your money positively you should have um, mercy on yourself at the same time right like when I mess up and I'm like oh man like my sister always used to say right and shout out her like she's a doctor and she'd always be like I'm a mess I'm a train wreck and I'd look at her and I'd be like, what if I said, stop saying that it's not good. Like the things that you say to yourself are so important. And that includes money. Mm. And um, yeah. Mm. Even this aspect of um, being broke, like people would be like, oh, I'm broke, I'm broke. And like, I think sometimes people say it so, so often it's kind of lost its meaning almost. Like you might not have 
you, what's the word? You might not have money. You can just spend fraud. Like literally, but yeah, you, yeah. But you're still doing okay. Like you still have a house. You still have a roof over your head. Like you're not broke, broke. And like you said, it's like you're giving yourself that negative men- mentality. It's like you're falling before you're even giving yourself the chance to run. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's like affirmations, right? You know, you don't necessarily believe them when you first start doing them because when I I remember when my friend gave me like a pack of affirmations just to read out every day and I was like this is such a crock I am not doing this (laughs) and then over time it really does change your perspective I think so I, I can imagine that within the context of finances or even just speaking to friends and family and making it a point to then kind of talk to them about their finances and learning from them or not or you know mistakes and successes and and that kind of thing I think you're right is completely important I was gonna say because when you said when Leander said about talking to your family and friends and like learning I think that's part of the problem is that nobody wants to talk so like even if you ask someone like how many of you actually know how much the majority of your friends actually earn like I, I personally don't like nobody knows if I know how much they earn roughly, it's because I know what career they're in and know what the starting salary might be, so I can maybe gauge it. Not that I particularly care, but I'm just saying, in terms of, like, having a, lang- a dialogue around money, it's something everyone's so scared to do. Like, there's so many households that people might have grown up in, particularly in, like, working-class families, where you grew up thinking things were OK, but actually your mum was struggling a lot, but no-one spoke about that. And it's not till you get older, till you look back, you're like, oh, OK. So all those times I was asking for this, and my mum was doing whatever she was doing to find it. She genuinely couldn't afford it. Do you get what I mean? But I just think, I think that people talk, people's relationship with even just speaking about money, I find so interesting. Like, because I'm really like, oh, okay, money. But there's some people that are like, a pound, a penny, 2p. And it, 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 to me, it stems a lot from whatever they saw growing up. Do you get what I mean? Mm. Yeah, because even just from talking to you guys and Shan is very big on finances and the fact that you talk about having a budget and sticking to it has definitely made me think more about how I spend my money or how I manage um, assessing how much I have on a monthly basis and that kind of thing. So, Bola, do you have advice about people talking to friends and family? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think you should avoid talking to people? I would say personally, um, I don't make certain decisions without speaking with my family who are what I call my wise counsel. Um, With friends, because of the nature of my work, it does come up here and there, which I prefer, but I think it's important to have conversations with the people who know you very well and the people you trust to say, this is what I'm going through. So when I speak about particular things, people understand because they say, no, I understand your situation. A lot of people assume me speaking, me being a financial wellness coach means everything's always hunky-dory. And sometimes I come out and I say it wasn't. Um, I had a really tough time uh, at a particular period and I needed to be quiet during that time. I needed to focus and things like that. But the same way we can talk about emotions with our friends and family, we should be able to say, this is this is how I'm currently feeling. You know, can I share this with you? But oh. it's important that we set boundaries and it doesn't become um, that we don't burden other people with particular things because I, I don't think that's fair. And that's what I'm just learning in therapy. Like, it's not fair to 
have a rich uncle and be like, ah, uncle, look what's going on outside. <laughs> <laughs> and then as if to say, and as if to say, if you keep going, ah, he's just going to dash you like 10K. It doesn't work like that. Everybody is human. Mm. We must treat everyone with respect. So I say we have to do that and let people know what we're going through without assuming that they'll fix it. Mm. Mm. I think that's interesting, actually, because I remember I was talking to... Um, a relative and they were saying that their sister won the lottery and it was a lot of money like serious money and they were saying like how they won the lottery but they haven't shared it with anyone and I was like why do you think they would have and they were like oh because we're family like I'm her sister and I'm like so <laughs> like, Mate, if I won the lottery, the lottery no one needs to know which is interesting no one needs to know that information <laughs> I would not tell anyone I would not tell anyone because all of a sudden you're getting oh my house needs this Oh my! When well, you up. see me no, with my new Gucci bag, just keep it pushing. You don't need to be asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, in terms of like friendships, I've always found that a really interesting, but also quite can be quite a difficult area to um, to kind of cover. Because, for example, like amongst my friends, I know there are people who earn more than me, and there are people who earn way less than me, and you know that can be uncomfortable sometimes. Because, like, say you're in a situation where you're trying to organise a group holiday and, you know, some people are like, my budget is this and other people are like, my budget is that. And it can get uncomfortable sometimes because some people are not willing to just to say, like, look, I really cannot afford that. Like, and it's not that I'm not saving, it's just I earn less than you. And that can be really uncomfortable when you're amongst friends because people have pride, people, you know, get ashamed about money um we're not taught to have open conversations about it yeah no if i agree and even in terms of like think talking about people if somebody's had a rough you know hits a rough period and they might need to go on some sort of like you know government scheme or some sort of like um you know support program people don't like to talk about those things either and it also just turns into a lack of access of information you know what I mean if we don't have those conversations then we don't know how we can access help or how we can get our friends help if they need it in terms of finances and I find that even more than emotions people don't want to ask for help when it comes to fi- or at least that's been my experience and I think that's probably even more even exacerbated even further when it comes to COVID, you know, how we don't know how people are managing. And unless we have these open conversations about the various things that are available for us to seek assistance from, it it becomes difficult. Yeah, no, it's so, it's, um, well, it's not funny, but (laughs) it's interesting because I was literally having this conversation with my aunt earlier and we're talking about someone in my family um, and I was asking about him and he's on benefits and I didn't realise. And she couldn't bring herself to actually say the word benefits. She was like, oh, he's getting money. And I was like, but he's not working. And she was like, yeah, yeah, he's he's getting money. And I was like, what's like how? And she's she like, is he on benefits? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was such a long process where she actually could say that he was on social welfare. Like there was such a kind of, you know, not... But it definitely... There's definitely a lot of stigma around the idea of being on benefits, though, because I know that I remember when I'd finished uni and then my summer job had ended, but I had another job, like my actual career job lined up, but it hadn't started yet. So I had a random gap of like a month 
And I was just riding it out, riding it out, thinking that my money was going to last. And it was not lasting. <laughs> my mum was like, just go and sign on. And I was like, no, like, I'm not signing on. I'm not signing on. And it wasn't until I spoke to my cousin and she was like, you've literally worked since you was 14. And when you pay your taxes, that's what you're paying it for. So when you're in situations like this, you can then, get, like, get back what you deserve by by signing on. But in my head, it was, like, such a big deal to sign on. And I remember walking into the, um, what's it called where you go? Is it Job Seekers? I remember walking into there, yeah, and they were like, what department are you here <laughs> you know, for? You're not like, speaking so loud. I saw this. I saw this. No, but I saw some random department. I don't even know what it was, like, family tax credit. I was like, family tax credit? Because <laughs> I just didn't want to be associated with, like, being signing on. Do you get what I mean? It was, like, to me, I felt so embarrassed. And I remember when I actually went to the correct department, I was sitting next to someone that I knew. I, and I was just avoiding eye contact at all costs because I was like, no, like, I can't be seen being here. And it's just weird because it's not... At the time, I, I clearly thought I was better than being in that position, but it's just a bit ridiculous. Because, like, one of my close friends now, she's in that similar position. Right? She's finished her master's, she's applying for jobs, she hasn't got a job yet. And I was like, but her, she's lucky that her family can support her financially, where um, I guess others can't. But I was with her and her mum, and we were talking about signing on, and she was like, oh, I don't want to sign on, I don't want to sign on. But then I think that's where what Bola says is important about being able to talk to your friends because in her talking to me about it, I was able to talk to her about like from a place of understanding that mm. like, I get what it's like. This to is what not I did. Want and this to is go how it there works. and sign on, and then now yeah, and then now she's signed on. Do you get what I mean? And now she's done it. I'm sure she feels a lot more relaxed and at peace rather than having to rely on bank of mum mm. or dad. Do you get what I mean? So like the situation that we're in now. Um, Bola, like, could you explain, like, what does it actually, like, mean to be furloughed? I still get that word wrong. Furloughed. I keep saying furloughed. I don't know why, but it's, like, stuck now. <laughs> I'm grateful it's not a word that we've um, encountered so much before. <laughs> so how do, how does that actually work? Because now the governor's rolled this, rolled this out until October. Um, what does this actually mean for, for people that have been affected? Yeah, so for people who don't know, furlough is a temporary leave of absence from work with the hope that people return to work once it's over. Um, so that means that people continue to receive 80% of their monthly wages, which should be up to £2,500. And one of the first things to note, and this is information I got from bbc.com, um, one, one of the first things to note as an employee is your employer can choose to top up the government grant, which can pay your full salary while you're furloughed. However, it's not mandatory the employee, employer does this. So people need to bear in mind that some employers won't have the funds to be able to do this. And the second thing to note is it's up to your employer to decide and define who is furloughed. It could be because you you have no work to do. It can also be because you have to be at home to look after the children or you're self-isolating. So the key is that the state is looking to support people. So this isn't about loopholes to catch people out. It's about a broad sweep to gather people in. Um, I know furlough can is probably making people a little anxious during this time. But um, I, I think, you know, 80%, I know it doesn't work for everybody, but um, in these conditions, we're just going to... Yeah. So if you have um, been furloughed, can you, like, do any other work? Or are you, you're stuck to your contract, so you couldn't go do, like, a part-time job? I, I think, I don't, I'm not too clear on whether or not you could take another job, Um that might depend circumstance to circumstance, but it's about, mm. um, I in that particular role, 
whether you do it part-time or full-time or whatever the circumstances may be, you are not allowed to do any form of work. Um, yeah. But potentially, the, the gig economy is booming, so that could work. <laughs> and is there a cap on that? Like, does it matter how much money you earn in order to be furloughed? You know what's so interesting about that? I'm still talking to my accountant about that. And he is so in on, like, just he is to the ranks full with so many people trying to contact him that he can't tell me that himself i'm still waiting for that answer <laughs> yes because it, it's interesting because obviously if you earn more than 80 percent of you your wage is is bound to cover all of your expenses but if you don't actually earn that much then 80 percent can 20 percent loss can feel like quite a bit and so do you, i mean I, I guess you can't you don't have like a a magic wand or anything to predict what's going to happen but do you think there are other markets that will be affected as well kind of like housing obviously people will be affected by that in terms of being furloughed yeah I think every every um industry is going to be affected because literally the world is at a standstill right and um I've I've never seen this in my lifetime um, without saying my age, I'm under thirty. Um, I've, ne- I've, I've never, se- <laughs> I've never seen this in my lifetime, and um, I'm listening into a lot of reports. And you know, some people are saying that they think this is might be the worst recession in a hundred years. Wow. Um, so, it's hard to. I mean, with something like the housing market, it's hard to tell or even predict. Um, history has shown that economic downturns result in cheaper house prices however there are so many other factors to consider right such as interest rates set by the bank of england the growth in the economy um so for example during that time when we're looking at growth or decline in the economy are wages getting better are people spending more or less and then there's things such as unemployment is it on the rise or the decline so so many factors to take into consideration when people think oh yeah house prices will go down but we have to look at with the economy if if one thing is going down there there is some something else has to go down as well and you and it's yeah. up to the economy to and us to decide what and how mm. it's like a balancing act almost this is the dope black women podcast so um for people that are you know in a difficult situation financially could be because they've lost their job could be because they're not working whatever it might be what are kind of your top tips in terms of protecting your finances and and saving i'd say my top tips are stay organized um know where everything is learn to budget i would say during this time save more than 10% of your income and have an emergency fund. What's the best way to set up an emergency fund? Like, what does that look like? What does that process? Right, this is where I get in my bag because I get really excited about emergency <laughs> funds, right? Because I've had an emergency <laughs> fund a couple of times, people. Sometimes I've got I've got this, this old school car and every now and again that thing goes <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, what does that mean? So where to get started? I'd say Google the best interest rates on a savings account um, that gives you easy access and start by putting, and I say start by putting a minimum of three months expenses in there. Um, Then put another three months and keep going. Do not touch 
the money in your emergency. Three months, you know. Stop it. I said three months of expenses. No, but my, my expenses are a lot. <laughs> That's a three months too much. <laughs> but now's the time to cut down your costs. I'm asking my family, hey, who wants to do a Spotify family account? It's uh, <laughs> everything. Like, let's do this. Netflix, I'm on it. Yeah, let's do a family account. I'm on here trying to make my bills as low as possible. But start with an emergency fund. Three months of expenses. The economy is very, very fragile right now make sure you've got your own back right now and um there are just like a couple phrases out there which i think we hear and aren't always explained to us like i mean it's certainly not something you learn about in school so like credit score for example may i'm still not clear on what a credit score is and whether i want a good one a high one a low one (laughs) so can you take us through what that means um and why it matters yeah so a credit score is like it's a numerical way of analyzing how a person looks after their credit so different companies use different numbers some use numbers as high as 999 which represents an excellent credit score but then there's a range of companies that use a variety of services where um the highest number might be 700 so it goes from the lower the lower the number the worse it is the higher the number the better it is and the whole point of a credit score is that you see how well you manage when someone's borrowed from you so it's like it's like you know you look at your friends and you hear all these songs about loyalty and things like that and my (laughs) friends and all of this it's the same kind of vibe right but it's basically saying like if if one uh financial service company speaks to another and they say yeah hey how's how's lives with her like with her with her money right like we good to give her a mortgage they'll be like yeah 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 like we we loaned we loaned her money for a car a couple of years ago and she did like she did great with it so yeah yeah give her the money for the mortgage that's literally what it is yeah this is this is what we want this is what we love i love guessing people up financially because it brings out the best in them you start you start beaming and everything but um that's literally what it is it's like a test to see like um yeah, it's just a score to see, like, how do you look after your credit? Okay, cool. I think I definitely need to start checking my credit. I don't think I've ever checked it once in my life, you know. <laughs> Are you joking? Yeah. No, I'm not joking. Nah, listen, I got an app. I check it once a month at least. Really? Yeah. Does it matter how often you check it? Like, how often should you be checking your credit score? Because how often does it, like, fluctuate or are there consequences to... I would say personally, this is just personally, I check mine four times a year. Any more and it becomes like watching a kettle boil. Rashad, you're watching a kettle boil. Or checking your weight every time, going on the scale every time you you work out. No. Do you know what? It's because mine went down. Mine I I took out um a I took out a car on finance, just quite a lot of money. So then mine went down and it really pissed me off. So then that's why I keep watching it now, because I'm like, this shit better go back up. But now it's back up, baby. Okay, so um, another one of those phrases which can feel like jargon sometimes is um, insurance. So like life insurance, whatever it might be. Like how important would you say that is? Is it something, when do you think you need to start worrying about that kind of thing? It's super important. I I think um, everybody, especially now in these, and I know we've heard it enough, unprecedented times. Um, it's very important that I feel triggered by that word now. Mate, literally, <laughs> I'm 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 so numb to it. But so, for example, you look at something like life insurance, right? And life insurance is a policy that helps uh, minimize the financial impact of 
on like yours or your loved one's death. And it's important because it can take a big heap of worry from the what ifs. For example, if something happens to you or a loved one. Um, mm-hmm. And it's 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 just about minimising the financial impact, right? You want to make sure that you are covered and your family don't have to worry about you. Um, so I'd say it's definitely something everybody should be looking at. I cannot I cannot think of an age where I would now say, oh, you, you don't need it or you don't need this or things like that. And it's and it's not to do with how much money you have, even if you cut like there, there are families I know who are like millionaires and they all have life insurance. It's not it's not about how much you have in the account. It's not about your net worth. It is about protection. And in this time, everybody needs to be protected. Um, there's also different types of cover covers, such as critical illness and sickness cover, which can be helpful mm. if somebody struggles to pay the bills or mortgage if they end up um, falling ill. So mm. it's definitely something I would suggest everybody look into. When it comes to like life insurance, how do you know, like, like for example, you know that like with um, a savings account, it's like interest rates are like a clear indicator, typically in terms of like which one's the best one to go to or go with. But when it comes to life insurance, how do I know which companies is that? But what are things that I should look out for, basically? That's very hard to give an answer to simply because it's a circumstance by circumstance case. They can ask you so many like questions about your like pre-existing medical conditions, your um, financial situation, your employment, um, who who you live with. Do you have any dependents? Do you have a mortgage? There's so many different questions that um, there should. I'm pretty sure there are. You can check comparison websites and like you can do like a what they call a light check just to see what works. But with that it's a little harder to structure simply because they do ask you so many questions it's it's kind of like me saying oh this is the best car insurance company it it depends because right if if you drive a rolls royce and i don't (laughs) and i drive something else it's basically it's it's like how you know you could be like oh yeah this insurance this insurer does everything for me for my car and i might not need that because i don't have a rolls royce Mm. treat your life like a rolls royce by the way or a ferrari (laughs) 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 um so what about pensions because this is something that you know is such a it makes people uncomfortable to think about because like we're all in our 20s and 30s but like and the idea of when I'll need a pension feels so so far away but people I work with who are actually in their 50s and 40s now they're like Olivia you should be starting you should be starting now and I'm like bro I'm focused on like the rent i'm focused on like today's problems i'm not focusing about 70 year old olivia we'll get to 70 year old olivia when we get there but everyone tells me like pensions are things you need to worry about sooner rather than later what do you think yeah um pensions definitely isn't my speciality but without going into too much details is it important to save for your pensions from your 20s and your 30s i would say 110 percent. yes it is the most i will say on pensions is that it's good to have but please do not rely on it. We are moving to a new form of what I call world order. Technology is taking over. Um, the economy is changing. And if even if things are changing for the better, you have to look at archaic ways of handling um, the economy and taking care of citizens. That is going to change as well. So yes, save for your pension, but please do not rely on it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, even like I was talking about this with my mum the other day and she was saying, you know, by the time you're in old age, the world is going to be such a different place. And actually, 
it probably won't be unusual for people to be working in their 80s. Like, whereas before, people would retire at 60 or 50, like, standard. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, people are retiring later, that's true. What exactly is the shift that will be taking place, like, from, away from, uh, in regards to what you were saying earlier, in terms of not relying on your pension or not being too dependent on it? Like, what is the shift that, Ever, that is being my my prediction is we're going to have predicted. a lot more autonomy but it, it will come at a cost um so the things that we we thought we knew in the past may just change right so look at for for example you look at how we're working now and you see that that's changing and everyone's thinking yes i can work from home um mm. so of course there's perks but then you have to look at if there there are days where you don't want to work from home what do you do then then are you sitting in Pret-a-Manger ordering, like I would, your 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 third croissant of the day just because it's just available to you, right? Or, um, you know, and then it's like, oh man, if I was at work, they'd have free croissants. There's so many things to um, consider. So I'd say, you know, working is one of them. Housing is another. Um, retirement is another. I'm sure it will be more in our hands. Um, how we, how we travel will change. Uh, the whole the whole world is going to change. Um, how we view wellness. That I personally think, and um, from what I've been reading, I do believe, and I do think that industry is going to come up a lot. Um, um. So, how do you think coronavirus is going to, or how do you think it has affected the travel industry? Yeah, I would say my assumption is that it will be cheaper to travel, um, but the health and safety risks are bound to be much higher. Personally, I'm staying put for the remainder of the year. Um, And in terms of, I think about precautions that one can make financially to protect themselves from any holidays that they've booked that may be cancelled. And um, check if you're ATOL, so check if you're ATOL protected. So you would get a full refund if the operator collapsed. Um, So ATOL, ATOL stands for Air Travel Organisers Licence. And um, it's a protected... So if the company fails and your holiday can no longer go ahead, you'll be entitled to a refund if you are yet to travel and hotel costs and flights home if you are abroad, right? That's it on the travel. Um, yeah, I'm Lord, look, listen, if I, if I can fly to Bali tomorrow, I would. So oh if, God, you see, if, you, if, you, if you see me on Instagram and I'm still here, <laughs> listen, just know I, I, I too want to be away, but um, we've we got to do what's, what's right for us right now. And then if travel does get cheaper especially just even after in the in the immediate aftermath of corona you mentioned health and safety does that mean like travel insurance is going to go up um it could who's to say no nobody knows yeah. you know um I, yeah no one no one can predict what's going to happen but it's it's not even that right like somebody who makes 2000 pounds a month could see a a full inclusive holiday to their their dream destination for 200 pounds and they think whoa that's only 10 percent of my income Mm. it's only 10 percent of your income today and that is the economy we're in all we can bank on is today yeah and then um in terms of like credit cards i mean is it a good idea to have one you know when's the right time to have one and what to what to use a credit card for i think everyone should start by asking themselves what they plan to use the credit card for. Is Uh, it to pay some bills? Is it to spread the cost of a purchase? Is it for a holiday? 
make your why strong. So I feel like when it comes to like the idea of trying to build your credit score, a lot of people automatically go to getting a credit card as a means or a method of doing that. Because I have quite a few friends who like recently have got credit cards. And when I'm like, but why? They're like, oh, I need to build my credit score. And as someone who has a high credit score, that's not a method that I, that I ever used or even thought about using. But I just wanted to know, like, in your opinion or from your experience, is that a method that you would suggest people to approach? No, I, I, I would suggest getting a credit card that works for you, right? Because a lot of people take what they're first given um, instead of them looking at, actually, what do I want in a credit card, right? Do I, do I like travelling? Should I look at air miles, for example? Um, is there is there cashback? Are there rewards? What else am I getting? I think it's important that people look at that. And I would say, for the sake of starting, if if anyone decides to get a credit card, personally for me, and this is from experience, I would have one credit card for um, at least two years, at least 18 months, just to make sure that that's working for me before I decide to open another account. Um, uh. Credit cards are not a joke. Credit is not a joke. So take it seriously. Take your money seriously. For sure. I can't imagine having multiple credit cards. I just wouldn't be able to face the trauma of opening my bank statements every month. <laughs> so right now it's it's basically I feel like what's happening is everyone is saying like, OK, this is your life before we helped you do this and this. And they're basically, you know, like when you learn to. And sorry if doesn't anyone doesn't know, know how to ride a bike. You know how to learn to ride a bike. Oh, do you not live? That's so no. funny. Oh my gosh. I thought that was the only one. It's no, just me and you, Bola. <laughs> well, you know when you have the training wheels on, right? Yes. I vaguely remember that memory, yes. <laughs> so what I feel what I feel um especially the UK has done, and this is just my prediction, is given given us training wheels for a very long time with things like oh. you can get you can get a property um, as a different, as a second source of income, along with having a job and whatever your side hustles are, and there will be a pension in place. And I feel like the world we are moving to now is basically saying, whether or not you know how to ride a bike, you are about to get on this bike because it is your bike. <laughs> you just it's gave so me an intro. <laughs> the key is for you to feel in control of your life right and that's why you know we spoke about positive affirmations from your money to your personal to everything how you look at yourself and and that's why I even love that this podcast exists right because this is one where I I opened it with so much glee to see women who look like me women who are gorgeous women who have similar hair to me no I kid you not it it makes all the difference like because usually I have like my hoop earrings on with my afro and then I saw you I was like oh we're sisters in here we can do this (laughs) so um yeah literally like i'm literally in my pajamas right now (laughs) we we got us and we got each other so um it's it's time for us to maybe just learn to ride bikes together right and talk talk to your family and friends go bike riding with your family and friends if you're still following the analogy oh yeah no that definitely. is such a beautiful analogy because at first i was hella scared i was thinking oh my gosh i'm gonna get left behind <laughs> i don't know how to ride the sand bike <laughs> but it's um it's interesting what you say because like i guess i've never really thought about like that you know businesses right now and the economy right now in like obviously there's huge losses but there is definitely some gains because i'm thinking about the building i work in right now and how much money they must spend on a daily basis on tea, on coffee, on electricity, on all these things that mm. right now they're chilling. <laughs> right now they don't have to. It's my problem. And I think, you know, they will get to a position where they're like, well, more people should be 
self-sustaining. More people should be independent and working in a way where they have to ride their own bikes. I ain't riding your bike for you. (laughs) Yeah, someone else said um, that we're shifting from efficiency to resilience in terms of how we're working. Mm. And I think that's really interesting because, yeah, for a long time, people, especially major organizations, they'll pump you with the coffee, the tea, the massage rooms, the this, the that. They're spending a lot of money to make sure. (laughs) Yeah, I think I won't name the company, but there's a company that legit had like massage rooms in there for their client, for their staff. You can go take a nap, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Can I work there, please? And you pump all of this money to make sure that people stay in the office for longer, you know, for a longer period of time. But no where we're really just moving to a period of trying to sustain ourselves, the shift is towards resilience. It's like, how can we reduce our costs as much as possible while maintaining this? I don't know if you agree with that, but to say if that's true or not, if that's kind of the shift that we're heading towards. I can't, I can't confirm. (laughs) I I can't confirm the future. I cannot confirm nor deny. I mean, it it feels that way, right? It feels like we're focusing more on how to sustain ourselves now rather than um, pumping enough money into just making sure that people are turning the cogs, so so to speak. In a in a recession, we definitely move move more into survival mode. Um, yeah, I would say that much. So, what is like your lasting? Or last piece of just like financial advice that you would want our listeners to take away? Don't be afraid of money. <clears throat> money comes towards you, right? There's always an opportunity for you to make money. Do not be afraid of it. Don't be afraid to open letters. I want us all to have a more positive experience with money, including ourselves. Know, know, know where everything is. And it sounds crazy. Start by tidying up your mind. If you are able to tidy up your mind, you can tidy up your finances. But um, all the things that you need to tidy up your mind, do it. Like right now, after this, I'm going to have a lovely shower and wash my hair and condition and just chill out, right? Do what you need to do. Um, but um, that, that might sound like, oh, that's not really finance advice. But of course, if I said to you, make sure you're budgeting every week, that is the, that is the real thing I really want to say to you as well, right? <laughs> make sure for at least one hour a week, you are staring at your budget and you're looking and you're updating so that you can see, actually, was I meant to purchase this or did I just purchase it because I have money in my account? So mm-hmm. learn, learn to budget. That is the most I can say. I need to learn to budget. Amen. <laughs> we will talk. We will talk behind closed doors. We will talk because I am good at. I am good at making people like, like I will draw like your purse strings, and then one day I'll be like, "All right, let it out in 2013." You'll be like, "I got five houses," and I'll be like, Ooh, "We are going on holiday." You get a house. You get a house. You get a house. All of that stuff. <laughs> this is Dope Black Chat. So um, on a lighter note, um, there's this video that's kind of going around on socials both today and yesterday talking about, um, like there's a, I don't know if you've seen it, it's a video of a black guy and he's talking about his experience of being like ignored because he was dating on a budget. Um, yeah, so he's basically talking about how he was dating a girl, they went on a date, I think it was like one date, and then after that um, she sent him a text and was like, oh, the date was cool but next next week can we go to here 
And then he checked his finances and realised that he couldn't afford that said place. And he responded back and said that he couldn't go to that place, but he would go to... Um, that he'd be willing to take her the following month when her budget... when his budget suited that. But I just wanted you to know what your thoughts are on, on things like that. Do you think that's that's too rigorous? Do you think that that's the best approach? Because a lot of people have a lot of mixed feelings about... Um, the idea of someone being that strict with their finances with like some women saying you know like he would make he would make the effort and find the money if he wanted to date you and and things like that i think the easiest thing for me to say is i prefer someone who watches their money than someone who who doesn't because fair enough you can find ways to afford that next meal but what are you sacrificing um in order to do that and also where are you getting that money from you know, um, this isn't this isn't power. This isn't power where like there's there's ghost and he's got two careers. Like I don't I, I don't want I don't want ghost. I want St. Patrick. Right. Um, James St. Patrick. So yeah. it's I, I'd be fine with it I personally. But that's that's because of the nature of my work. Um, I, I enjoy it. I tell you what, nothing turns me on more than when a guy, we, we go somewhere and he's just like, yeah, I've got a discount code or something. I say, oh my, we've got a planner <laughs> in the house. That's a big, I got that coupon ready for the date. Voucher. It lets me know that you're not careless. It lets me know that you think, uh, you think things through. And that is the type of person that I want to be with. Um, yeah. Yeah, not the... Not the person who's always like, let's do this, let's do that. We'll worry about that later. Because I'm like, ooh, where else are you leading me to? Because it sounds like a fast life, honey. And I'm not, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, no, nah, I've, I've had my fast years. I'm, I'm not on that lane anymore. <laughs> I need stability. <laughs> but also it's like, you have to be realistic about, um, you know, if you're dating someone, where you're at and where they're at. Because like, so in this example, you know, mm. this girl texted him and was like, oh, um, you know, I'd love to go to this restaurant for our second date. And he, you know, said that's not within my budget. For argument's sake, because it's not, that it's not going to be just like a regular restaurant. If like, you know, you're dating someone and the second date, I'm not expecting him to take me to like the Shard. Like, yeah, I'm not expecting that because I know mm. that is just like recklessly spending money. Because imagine you go on a date with someone to the Shard and then you never see him again. Was it worth spending £200? Well, you're not spending it, he is. <laughs> From a mental health perspective, this is where we have to question how much we care about the other participants' finances uh, and how that adds to their mental health when there's such an expe- expectation based on patriarchy on how they should provide for us. Yeah, Rashan. <laughs> um, in previous episodes, I've said that I don't mind paying for dates. I don't know who Yeah, Rashan was aimed at. Very true. <laughs> but I... <laughs> but I know that I'm not no no I think with that they, maybe the girl's <laughs> used to a certain standard or she's used to a certain type of person she dates and I think that's fine for her to decide to not date him anymore but I think the approach was wrong she could at least have replied back because I think he said that she tried. he tried to get in contact with her for like two months and she ignored all his calls and texts mm. and then when 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 and then when he when she saw him on TV on national TV, she wanted to text him and say, "Hey, let's go on that date." Wow. Yeah. <laughs> do you know how out of Do you know how out of order that is? <laughs> so that's stuck. That is definitely someone who probably doesn't have her own. The same said restaurant she wanted to go to, she probably can only ever afford to go to when she's going on dates that she's not paying for. So do you think like you should have expectations that you can only meet yourself? Is that fair? Mm, no. <laughs> 
I'll be I'll be honest I I expect more in certain fields why if if I expected the exact same thing as me wouldn't I just go on a date with a mirror yeah (laughs) (laughs) I want to be winding down honey winding down but it does kind of go back to this whole thing of wanting to date somebody who inspires you and makes you better right like if I'm dating the same somebody who's at my level it's fine but if you want to like seriously settle down with somebody, for me, I agree with you, Bola, actually. You want someone who is going to teach you more about how to save money or is going to teach you more about yeah. the finer things in life or whatever it is. And if you've gotten to mm. a certain point, and I know that I can, I don't think you should depend on it, but if you have the capacity to, be, to, to learn from it and participate in it at the same time, then yeah, I'm there. <laughs> well thank you so so much Bola for being a part of this episode we really appreciate it um, lastly before you go where can people find you um, I'm Bola Soul if you just type in Bola Soul across social media you should find me however for all your personal finance needs go to refinedcurrency.co.uk Amazing. You don't just slide in her DMs expecting consultancy for free. That's not how it works, boo. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. You have no idea. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, honestly. Dope, dope black women. There's nothing better. Oh, we love it. We love it. Thanks for coming. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them from. On Twitter and Instagram, we're Dope Black Woman 1. And on Facebook, we're just Dope Black Woman. We will be back with you next week. Until then, stay blessed and unapologetically black. All the way black. Blackity black. Blacktastic. Hey! <laughs>
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.